Back here on the Northland Sports page, one hour in the books. It was so good, we went over an hour. We're a little over time today, but used to patiently waiting for us is Mr. Dave Hoops. Dave Hoops of Hoops Brewing, of course. Hoops Brewing is one of our illustrious sponsors. We have several. We'll talk about them a little bit later. We are going to talk right to one of them now. We'll go right to Dave Hoops, and Hoops Brewing has a watch party today. Everybody's all about the Bulldogs women's basketball team today. But Dave Hoops, he's about everything with sports and beer. That's one of the millions of reasons why we love him. Dave Hoops, good morning, sir. How are you? Uh, good morning, guys. Uh, great show so far. This is pretty exciting, this whole game today. And the whole NCAA tournament in general is just the best year I can remember for a while. It's it has certainly great. been big on entertainment value without question. Now, you're the one guy that I can talk specifically about the men's Division One basketball Final Four because your champion, once again, is still standing, my friend. UConn wins, so do you. It's as simple as that. Um, and that's uh, – it's – uh, kind of an unheard of situation where I've got, I think, five pools that I'm in and not nobody else picked UConn in any of them. So this is a very unusual situation. I'm not getting ahead of myself because I'm rooting for UConn always, anyway. They're my team. Um, so this is a bonus. And I'm really excited for this game today and we'll see what happens. Yeah, there is a lot of excitement certainly around the Final Four on the Division One side of things, but Today is all about Division Two. Anytime Duluth can bring home a national title, as they've done in football, as they've done at the D1 level in hockey. But doing it in basketball would be a first. They've got to knock down an undefeated team to do it. But we just talked about D1 women's basketball last night. We saw an unbeaten fall, hoping for it again. But I know your business in particular is, has benefited from these watch parties, and, and Duluth is really getting behind this. Oh, it's been really wonderful because, as you know, this is who we are. And the fact that people are, you know, recognizing that we're always going to have it on, we're always going to be engaged, uh, and UMD throwing a lot of love our way about these watch parties uh, is just wonderful. The Blackwoods group, the Tavern, has been doing it as well, just the two of us until um, now there's more uh, places that have it on TV. But it's just so great. And I can't say enough about that game last night and the the Elite Eight game. Uh, I think America has fallen in love with uh, – Miss Clark, yeah, this is incredible, just great. It is really yeah. something to watch. Like I said, you know, people would say well, that's awfully high praise to make a Steph Curry comparison. I may not be complimenting the overall game the same way. It's just the range on the three-point shot that is very Steph Curry-esque, and it's entertaining in its own right. So the national title game tomorrow in Dallas for Division One on the women's side, LSU versus Iowa, should be one for the ages as well. And again, I don't want to completely disregard all the other Hawkeyes because when Caitlin Clark got the attention she did last night. It's one thing to score a lot. She assisted on some 75% of their last dozen or so buckets. So making plays for others, too, that's what it's all about. Speaking of making plays for others, I think Hoops Brewing does that with all the different opportunities and activities you can do there besides consume good beer. Dave Hoops, we bumped in with the song Won't Get Fooled Again, and I hope I don't come Monday trying trivia again because I made my debut this past Monday, went out a day early for my birthday, and we played as a foursome, Laverne, Jay Hagan, my wife, Jen, and myself. We were happy but not satisfied finishing sixth out of 17 that night. It's fun, and it's a lot of knowledge you need to have to succeed. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I think, try to join my crew down there this week. I'm going out of town later in the week. so They I dominate, the but they got after. like nine team members, by the way. Yeah, I know, I know. It's they, And they, they 
I think they might cheat, but no, I didn't say that out loud, but um, yeah, it's really cool. And then of course this week is, um, uh, well, Dave likes to talk about it. It's, it's speed dating. Yeah. And I know he was going to mention that probably and everything else going on. And remarkably the Thursday night um, DJ spinning LPs has been a hit. It, it's kind of cool with the old school. I would, I wasn't expecting that. So it's been pretty good. So I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. See if you can walk us through the week that is ahead. So trivia is Monday. Cribbage is Tuesday. Ping pong is Wednesday. The vinyl is Thursday. And, and speed dating is Wednesday this particular week because it's the first Wednesday of each month. The only thing I'm missing is, is Friday and the weekends. Is there anything in particular for that? Yeah, well, you really served it up nicely for me. So today is the first maker's market. Essentially, it's our, our indoor uh, farmer's market. There's uh, there's a whole pile of artisans, I don't know, like 16 there right now, 11 to 3 every Saturday, selling everything from, you know, I think hot sauce to uh, art to crafts. And that's every Saturday. And, uh, of course, we're going to be all about, uh, well, the twins now. Yes. And th- since they are undefeated, you know, and that's how it's going to be. Until Still on pace for 162-0, and 0, baby. Hell, yeah, exactly. So, I, you know, today we'll have that on. And um, we'll just keep on doing what we're doing. But we're also moving towards a, a, a new and great outdoor beer garden type action going on as, you know, the 12 feet of snow when we set this record that you guys will have gotten nearly 12 feet of snow. It's going to end sometime for right. sure. Right. We've had uh, beer garden shows out there usually in August. That might be opening day at this point, right? Yeah, that's 100%. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I do have some questions, Brian. Can I jump on those? There are time for a multitude today. Go ahead. All we right, we I- wanted to give Dave Hoops, we talked about this, Dave, you and I did via text this week, Dave Hoops, Wanted to give you the longest segment today, so more of Dave Cook's knowledge is power type deal. I I think you know the one thing that's kind of cool, Brian, is that you know we're I think we're starting to get back from COVID. I think like to the point where it might be in our some of our consciousness rearview mirror. Yeah, it's and it's, three years almost to the week. Yeah, but I think it scarred some people, and I think it's time to get back out and do some fun things, especially this weekend where. You know, we got a we got a break from the snowstorm that's just pummeling the city. I was gonna say I'm looking forward to the national title game because of the Bulldogs, but I'm looking forward to just going around the community and seeing how many people will be invested in it. So yes, this weekend will be fun. Go ahead. All right. So we saw Caitlin last night tear apart um the undefeated reigning champion South Carolina. It got me thinking. Um, guys, what's the best single player in a single game? that you guys can think of. So in the past, I mean, you think of Tyree and catching the football on his head, but that was just that was one play, play. Yeah. Right. So in your, in your collective memories, um, when I say best player uh, for a single game, uh, what kind of things come to mind? Who comes to mind? Dave hoops, go ahead. So many to choose from here. Yeah. You know what I'm going to say? The flu game, MJ for Jordan. Yeah. And, and, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to yep. stick to basketball, too, and, and maybe this makes the most sense because it's, it's to me, the sport of the big four that can be one individual guy just takes over, and it might be, you know, turn out the lights, the party's over because of that one person. But I'm going to be a homer here, and I'm going to say for me, it's KG in Game 7 against Sacramento of the Western Conference semis. You know, that was the best team the Wolves have had with Cassell, Sprewell, Wally, Olo Candy, et cetera. But we needed one guy to carry us in a Game 7, and the MVP of the league that year did. Kevin Garnett, there's a documentary on this that I happened to wake up to watching this morning because it must have started at 3, 4 in the morning because it was partway through when I woke up today. But they were talking about that game, and it was KG's kind of biopic, if you will. And it was 
that night he was the point guard. He was the two guard. He was the small forward. He was the four. He was the five. He was the defender. He was the distributor. He was everything. And for me, it, it, again, it's just a Minnesota take. There's lots of national stage takes, but that was as good as it got for suffering Minnesota fans. Yeah, and you know, I, I did just what you're saying, Brian. I'm waiting to hear Jack Morris. Actually, I was going to say the opposite of that. Jack, okay. Jack Morris had a great game. I thought the single performance was Schmoltz. Like, Jack Morris, I mean, and I know that's goofy because he lost, right? But he's the one that had 12 strikeouts. Like, he's the one that his game was absolutely dominant. Um, the Twins were the better team. Well, and I'll go the other way. He's the one that the moment should have been too big for him based on resume. Jack Morris was a wily old vet by then. Yep, yep. I think that's that Smoltz game was was huge. I think Barry Bonds in the San Francisco World Series when they wouldn't pitch to him, and every time they did, he hit a home run. Like this, the fear of other teams and Barry Bonds, and then in one game where every time somebody got gutsy, he made him pay for it anyway. Now, notice we all went postseason, and I think that's a factor because there's lots of single-game performances we could call out, you know, Wilt's game, Kobe's game, Randy Moss at Lambeau, everybody remembers, but those weren't, hey, the season continues because of it. It was, you know, the Vikings went, I think, to 5-0 and because of that win on that Monday night. Is that the factor? Because... You know, there's so much at stake on the line. So here's a question, though: the Favre game against San Francisco, like game. Yeah, two, I was there for that one. I don't remember Home what the opener. I don't remember what the rest of his game was like. Not but much. I was going to say because that one play was amazing, right. but I don't think he was great during the whole game. I think that play is what turned the whole season. Fair enough. What else we got today? Well, I've got one other question, and because I didn't only know one we, today, all right. No, we had all extra time. That's all right. Let's talk about the let's talk about the brewery for a while. Then after we're we done can here. certainly do that. All right, today is the uh, home show at uh, the deck, and we know the deck does a great job of all these different shows. Uh, Dave, you've been involved in shows like this uh, as a vendor. I've been involved in shows like this as a vendor. Uh, I don't know, if Brian, have you been involved in a show like this before? I've been involved in the home show, and I've told you this story before. I don't know if I've shared it publicly, but. I used to be a country music DJ for another station, a, a competing station, if you will, not one owned by Town Square Media, and I was Brian O'Brien on the weekends, and part of our responsibility was to do remote broadcasts at the home show. So not involved technically as a vendor, but involved as a public participant, and it was the one time, I always say radio is not a visual medium, and it was the one time that I can confirm that because I got comments to that level, meaning that people that had listened to me before and knew who Brian O'Brien on the weekends was came up to me and saw me physically for the first time. And I got comments such as this. I thought you were much older, which I don't know what that means. Apparently I talk like I should get the senior citizen discount at various places. But my favorite was, and and now I kind of long for those days because nobody says this to me anymore, but a woman walked up to me and said, I thought you'd be heavier. <laughs> and I kind of went, okay, does that mean when I'm DJing, it sounds like I'm also eating a sandwich? I, I do drink tea during this show, but... I didn't know I, I could talk portly so, or, or porky, as one of our PSAs said earlier. <laughs> so one of the questions, guys, then, Dave, Brian, what makes a show like this not just effective, but fantastic? The deck does a great job of hosting, but they can't make the show fantastic. What does what has to happen to make it fantastic? Um, well, for example, the, the National Brewery Show called the Craft Brewers Conference moves around each year, different venues. Last year was Minneapolis for the first time ever. And as part of the show, we also have the World Beer Cup, biggest beer competition in the world. And so you've got this kind of Olympics of beer and then the trade show itself. 
okay, you're just going to say it has beer drinking, right? Well, that makes it perfect, right? But what really, it, it's about the vendors. And in, in my industry, uh, often you know a lot of them. And they are very, very generous with their time and, more importantly, with their giveaways, um, which it's not like going to Sam's Club and trying meatballs. It's going booth to booth and leaving with bags of stuff. And so that's really good. So it's about the people. It's about the fun. There is beer drinking. I'm, I'm going to cheat a little bit there, but I, that's what really makes a great trade show in my world. I agree with all of that. I'm just going to add variety because I think there's so many, whether you say niche or niche, I think there's so many trade shows that are, if you're into this, you're going to enjoy this. You know, like we did the boat sports and travel show a few years back and it was, well, you know, I'm not the world's biggest fisherman. So maybe this isn't for me. Um, you know, we were at the winter festival in superior last year and, you know, I'm, I'm an avid indoorsman, so I'm not necessarily into, to winter stuff outdoors per se. So maybe that's not for me. I'm obviously not the world's biggest handyman either. So, you know, building things, additions to my home is, is not necessarily for me, but different things that you can look at that can go into your house. Oh, we could use that. We could use that. We could use that. You know, we brought it up for Justin May. I don't even think about when you're at a home show, I think about you've already got a home. What are you going to add to it? What are you going to do to it? I don't even think about the idea of talking to a realtor and, and maybe it's time to make a move kind of thing. So I think the fact that, and I kind of relate it to baseball. I think the fact that it's it's meant for one thing, but they do thousands of other things to att- attract the different type of person is what's important. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. And I'm going to take it a step further because of what Justin said. You know, Justin said one of the things that's happening now is there's a bigger emphasis on offices. So we brought an office for people to see. I think the unique takes and pushing it just a little further than it was last year, I think that makes a great one. I also think that people that are standing behind the table that are waiting for you to come up and talk to them is a little less friendly than having somebody kind of out front and shaking people's hands and saying, come on over and look what we have. I think that that nature turns it in from a like a window shopping trip to actually hanging out with people. Does that make right. sense? It does. And of course, you can't forget the musical acts. I remember being at the home show. I never thought I'd have a chance to see Juice Newton live in my life before, but lo and behold, I did. Well, you were playing with the Queen of Hearts. That's right. Joker isn't the only fool here on That's April right. Fool's Day. Now, Dave Oops, Dave Cook mentioned we have extra time and we do want to talk about the brewery. So I mentioned I came to Trivia Night on Monday night. I won't shock you with either of my selections. I had a beer mosa and I had peach and pear. But you've got a lot more going. You mentioned the pineapple chili last week. What else is on the proverbial menu at the brewery right now? Well, a few things. And, and I hope I see one or both of you. I'm going to be down there for today's game. Nice. So, yeah. Um, so we have, um, we have, like I said, the original, the OG of hazy beers, our, our Hefeweizen German half, which is a special 500th batch edition um, down there. And we've got our, our, our UK pale, another really unique take on a pale ale, which is with a, with a British take and peach and pear. Um, cherry has been retired until Christmas time. Now I have to tell you a quick um, story. I have to interject real quick because I came there Monday night and Laverne Hagen beat me there and said, Brian's coming and he's going to want this. And Jay likes it too. Is there any cherry left? And they looked at her and said, we just ran out within the hour. So my, uh, my timing was terrible, but cherry this year lasted from before Christmas to March 27th. That's impressive, my man. Well, it was for Laura. You know, we, we, we did a, right. a, a, a special batch. So that, that is really worthy. So I also wanted to mention something really cool that you guys will be talking about. 
Um, you're probably aware of this, but next week there's going to be a big press conference about the Arena League football team that will be coming to our area. And um, maybe I'm breaking news here, but uh, Mr. Tim Brown will be down there, yeah. and he'll be here. And he's um, he's already made a big point. I've already made it clear to him how I feel about him. Um, so it's going to be great having a celebrity at that level up here and maybe uh, Duluth getting, you know, well, a long-lost football team back, to of a sorts, I guess. <laughs> but um, so we, we've got uh, we've got a lot of really cool sports stuff. But really, the other great thing is that we're releasing all these lager beers now, and we're starting to make what we consider to be, you know, we made Mexican lager today, uh, which is really popular. Uh, you should see all these clowns doing limes and lemons in the back because they're juggling them as much as they're, um, you know, um, zesting them. <laughs> and I think they might've put it on social media. It's pretty funny. Um, but that's a really popular beer that we make uh, usually for, you know, spring to come out right around the end of the month. And then you probably know this, the, the Twin Cities live show is coming later yep. this month to do an on-site thing, which we're starting to hear uh, love about that. And, you know, I'm not that familiar with the show, but apparently many people are. Well, I was going to say, so it, it should mean that Ben Lieber will be in your place at some point. He's a big part of that. Yeah, exactly. And I'm a huge fan. You know, that's Same. the thing. If it's Vikings related, boom, I the show, great. But Ben Lieber, better. Absolutely. Right? Nothing wrong with that. We just won't tell Liz Reese that because I think she's the other co-host of that show. And she actually used to be an anchor at Channel 3. So she's got Duluth roots in her career, at least, as well. I want to close with this because the next segment is Drawing Lines with the Roll Architecture Studio Dave Cook and I are going to make kind of our Twins award-related predictions for the team itself. They're 1-0. It's better than 0-1. We're obviously very happy. I joke that 162-0 is still in play. Yes, that's very tongue-in-cheek. But baseball always gets me excited, and I know it does it for you. How far can this team go? Because on paper, they're deep, and they've already needed to be with two thought-of starters of the starting nine on the shelf right now. Um, well, here's the, yes, um, they can definitely make the playoffs and they need, they have this mental block with, you know, the team we all don't care about. And then <laughs> the worst, they have a mental block with the longest losing streak in the history of history of, you know, postseason type action. Correct. Now it's time for them to put on the big boy pants <laughs> and um, mentally stand up to those and then do what they're supposed to do. I, I really expect them to make the playoffs and surprise us all, but you know that's always my default, as you know. Yes, you are the constant optimist, and you're one of our most consistent guests. We gave you, quote-unquote, the long segment today, and you made the most of it. We loved it. We're bumping out with Fool for the City. There's nobody better in our city than Dave Hoops. Thank you again, sir. Let's talk next week. Oh, for sure. You guys have a good day. Thank you. You as Thanks, well. Dave, you Go too. dogs, courtesy of Dave Hoops and Hoops Brewing. When we come back, though, yes, it is baseball season. We're one game in for the Twins. That one game went in the proper column, though. We'll talk about just what we think they can do on the individual and team level. Drawing lines, courtesy of Roll Architecture Studio. That is next. Stay right here. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Fool on the Hill, Little Beatles, continuing our April Fool's musical theme today. And, of course, with the Beatles, we know my mom would be very pleased. Got to give a shout-out to my mom. She had significant surgery done yesterday. 
The hope is she's on her way home from the hospital today. But this is all you need to know about my mom when it comes to this show. She's in the hospital bed yesterday and just, you know, less than an hour removed from surgery. And she's not concerned about food, beverage, you know, her situation, her comfort level, her pain level. She's worried about, well, how am I going to be able to listen to your show tomorrow? And (laughs) she isn't probably today. That's what we believe. But that's okay, mom. First of all, that's what the podcast is for. And my goodness, for once in your life, put yourself first. But that's what makes my mom so fantastic. It's crazy about parents, man. You got to, you got to, uh, Love every moment you have with them because right. sooner or later those moments stop. And, uh, you know, I'm really proud of your mom for taking this surgery, you know, head on. And like you said, uh, you know, making making strides and hoping to listen to the podcast maybe even tomorrow. Absolutely. You can catch the podcast on NorthlandFan.com, Apple Podcasts, many other places. Wherever you catch your podcasts, we're essentially available. But again, for my mom, that was not priority one. Her health and a speedy recovery will be. But I love the passion she brings to the show, just like she does for the Beatles. So that was a perfect segue yep. for me right there. That's why we started with them. Absolutely. But it's time to draw some lines, courtesy of Roll Architecture Studio. Our Roll Architecture Studio is the OG of our sponsors, but we love them all. Here's Dave Cook with the list, per se. Absolutely. We just talked to Dave Hoops from Hoops Brewing, OAR Holding, Sammy's Pizza, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Justin May at Avenue 45, The Blackwoods Group, where you can enjoy happy hours on Wednesday now, where you get two-for-one fondue and i believe you get a special on the martinis that you're going to enjoy on wednesday you do midweek martinis the wednesday happy hours back two dollars off all martinis and the uh, two for one or half price two for one excuse me fondue for two right i order it better than that i promise it's delicious i tell you that there i had it last saturday and i'm sure i'll have it again sounds like the opportunity to have it though will be wednesday's at number one with a bullet right now amen um all right mount royal bottle shop Kohler Toyota and Kohler Hyundai, which we'll probably see Aaron and I in the next week or so. Uh, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, The Incline Station, Famous Dave's, and Arola Architecture Studio. Again, Arola Architecture Studio, the OG, the original sponsor for us. He brings us drawing lines each and every week. This week, we're going to keep it simple. We're going to draw lines about the Minnesota Twins. Predictions of sorts, but I don't want to be too grandiose and say, well, this team is a division champion, this team is World Series bound, etc. I kind of want to talk about who we think the most important player is going to be, who we think the most valuable player is going to be. We can do it a little bit like we do our our quarter and midpoint awards with the Anthony Youngs, the Cy Youngs, although I don't really want to do an Anthony Young right now and think, well, this guy's going to be terrible. (laughs) That doesn't sound fun. I want to know everything's fun right now. And I said it to you before, the pace of the game really did increase. It was palpable the other day on the opener, and I don't mind it at all. And I'm not going to mind it when it's 35 next Thursday and I'm at the home opener. Well, and the thing is, is that, you know, we've had a lot of people complain and, and, you know, talk about, you know, get off my lawn, guys. Well, the the people that remember pre, um, what, the human rain delay, what was his name? Hargrove, Mike Hargrove? Yeah. Before him, this was the norm. So they just, the the game just kind of swallowed up all those guys that like to adjust gloves and all those things as they wandered around behind the batter's box. And they told him to get back in a box. And they told the pitchers, you know, let's get on the hill and throw. And that's the way it used to be. So that's come back uh, to where it should be. I, I don't. I, I agree with you. This the shift thing drives me nuts because baseball's supposed to be a game of adjustments. Right. And instead, the batters didn't want to adjust. They just held their breath until they changed the rules. I'll tell you, it drove me nuts until I saw Joey Gallo get a single to short right field. But they wisely brought the outfielder over 
to that side and almost threw him out from the grass. So you, you can shift. You just shift with the outfielders instead. You know what they call that, don't you? Rover. Right. We played with a slow rover pitch and softball. slow pitch We softball. did that all the time. Yes. Absolutely. So it drives me nuts that they did that because, like I said, batters just held their breath until until they made the rule change. And we'll find out about the, the bigger bases and the short, shorter field, frankly, between the bases because of that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm excited for the rule changes to see to see how they play out. And I do think that Kepler and Gallo will probably gain a point or two on their um, their batting average, but I'm not sure a single here and there helps them a ton. <laughs> we'll see, because right now Joey Gallo has a hit. Max Kepler does not, but we're all of one game in. Yep. And Pablo Lopez and Luis Arise both had very successful debuts for their new teams. So that trade for now is a la Jefferson and Diggs. It's a wash. Everybody's smiling right now, but again... It's one game in. Yeah. I'm excited for the new tempo because, again, I think it it is an exciting sport, and you don't have to convince me of that. But there are masses that you do have to convince of that. Yep. You can do it in two hours and change versus three and change. Do you remember what uh, I think it was Nick Nelson over the winter said to us, and, and that was that if you have kids, right, and it's a weekday game, uh, you're making a decision on whether or not to go to the weekday 7 o'clock start because you don't know when the kids are going to get to bed. Right. And, you know, when it's a four-hour game, all of a sudden you're putting your kids to bed at midnight, and you can't really do that. Right. But now if it's going to be two and a half, you know, 10, 30, 11 is not terrible. And so especially if there's a special event and it doesn't happen, I think, you know, part of that is now getting the kids back into the game. And I'm glad you brought that up because it is more the rule changes to increase the tempo than it is time changes because we were with the Duluth Huskies for how long? And they moved their games up from 7.05 to 6.35 to try to incorporate kids and not get them to bed so late. Well, if you don't change the tempo of the game as it gets played, it still drags on and on and on. How many three, four-hour marathons did we have because there's no rule to prevent it? And the thing is, that league and that team in particular does a great job with kids. It does. And so with the, um, you know, if they could tighten those games up as well, I think you'd have additional families come out. And folks that have worked for the Huskies go on to some great things at the big league level. Sadie Keller has a job with the Twins. I'll get to see her Thursday when I go to the home opener. Willie P., Will Peterson, He's at the AAA level in Memphis as a pitching coach in the Cardinal organization. Two Harbors alum made his debut coaching last night. Talked to him today. He's going to join us next Saturday. Oh, that'll be fun. Willie Pete, a guy that, you know, you always just kind of, you know, giggled a little bit with because, you know, right. when guy, he was a kid, he was a worst grade guy. The kid that couldn't wait to come talk to us Yeah, when we were broadcasting, you know, low-level type yep, stuff. Yep. And he ends up at the big league AAA level almost immediately after some good time with the Saints of Saints Scholastica. Well, and and on his own volition, because he went to driveline to learn how to do this. I mean, right. we, we talked to uh, Tripke earlier today, and she talked about, you know, passion and attitude and just start at the lowest rung and keep grinding. Well, that's what Willie Pete did. Frankly, that's what Sadie did starting when she was like 12 with the Huskies hanging out with scouts. Absolutely. So big shout out to Sadie Keller and Will Peterson. We will talk to both of them sometime this week. I will talk to Sadie at Target Field on Thursday. And we'll talk to Will on these airwaves on Saturday. So that should be a lot of fun. Baseball season is a lot of fun. It's fun right now. I imagine our mood would be a little different at 0-1 versus 1-0. But that shouldn't be in a 162-game season where one game can make or break you. But there's so much hype into that first one. Pretty smiley in here right now about these twins. Because everything we thought they needed kind of showed itself already in one game. Because Pablo Lopez was good. Michael A. Taylor needs to play in center until Buxton is ready. Buxton's bat's still there as a DH. We mentioned the depth of kids like Solano and Farmer. They had two of the best at-bats in the one inning. The Twins did score. Mm -hmm. It's only a 2 to nothing win. They could easily be 1-1 and after today, and then who knows. But everything you thought that this team could do well, they showed a little bit of it. 
despite leaving a dozen guys on base in the opening win. It was it's exciting because we don't finish every sentence with but you know there's still 161 games <laughs> right, left. Right, right. Um being Instead, a, it's being hashtag 162 and 0. And 0. Yeah, yeah, being yeah. And so uh, hopefully if they if today doesn't turn out the way you want it to, hopefully it's not, well, you know, there's still 160 games left. Well, and I think part of it too is looking at today, Sonny Gray takes to the mound. Yep. And you've got Mally, you've got Maeda, and you've got Ryan to come in whatever order they go in. There's nobody that you go, they're giving that guy a starting spot. Yeah, that's the biggest difference, I think, of the year. You know, and, and I had hopes for Archer. But I had no zero expectations. I'd have been happier with Tommy Archer. Yeah, but at the at that point, you know, you Come still on, he's had, got Duluth cred. You still had hope for Chris Archer. Dylan Bundy was Dylan Bundy. It was like, why do we have yeah. this guy? We in the made rotation? the Al comparisons on purpose. Yeah, and and he kind of paid paid off that way. So you're right. We don't have any weak sisters. The one thing we have that's a little worry is we don't know what we're getting from Maeda. Right. But coming off an injury like that. But Bailey Ober's been, you know He's waiting in the wings. You bet he Whoever is. Whoever falters is going to lose that job quickly to Bailey Ober. Like if they if there's a bad outing, like right. if Maeda comes out in three and walks a bunch of guys. Guess what? You're the long relief guy next week. No, he's he'll they'll send him back. I think they'll IL him because that, they'll say he's not healthy enough yet. And and if then you can Ober's, find that loophole and make it legit, yeah. Yeah. Then Ober's, you know, and I don't think Ober slides in as the fifth starter. You know what I mean? He's he's been really, really good. All right, so let's play it this way because we've yep. done, you know, who's the most valuable player, and we yep. got to take Byron Buxton off the table every time we do, because, well, he's a DH now, he, right? It's not most valuable player, but he he's might be most valuable but he's hitter. still, you know, having him there, having him available in some capacity. I don't care how much people don't like his batting average; it's an archaic way to critique somebody. Yeah, but he's still, you know, kind of the straw that stirs the drink when he's available. He is, so it makes the MVP talk kind of boring. So let's just go with intriguing. Most intriguing player and most intriguing pitcher. Because intriguing means maybe you're hesitant to give them a positive spin. Maybe you're hesitant to say, well, they won't be very good because they could, like a Joey Gallo. Who are you most intrigued by? Or what storylines are you most intrigued by with this team? Well, I think Gallo is a good place to start. But I think the most intriguing player for me, and it's one I think that might surprise you, is what we've seen all spring long from Trevor Larnock. Like if he gets if he stays healthy and gets a legitimate shot and produces, you know, if and when Buxton decides that center field works for his body, right, is Kepler gone? Right? Because Larnock's got the same sort of skills, better spray when it comes to hitting. He's a left handed outfielder. I mean, does he take chunks out of out of his out of uh Max's at bats? And I think the answer to that is yes, but he's never proven he can stay healthy. And there's so many for me that provide intrigue that it's hard to limit it to one. I'm thrilled that you brought up Kepler and Larnick because one for me that I think is affected by both of them, and he's not available yet, emphasis on the yet, is for the millionth time in a row, you know, we used to talk about Buxton and Sano and go, that's where the conversation starts and ends. Alex Kirloff is still part of this because everybody who still loves to harp on the cheap bleep poll ads talks about all the big names they missed out on because they wouldn't part with Lewis or Kirilov. We saw Royce. He looked the part. He's hurt. He can come back probably in June. We That's hope. what they're saying. Yeah. Right. So we think he's still going to be part of this organization. In what role with Correa for six years? I don't know. But the other one, you know, Buxton Sano, now it's Lewis Kirilov. Kirilov's been hurt more often than not. Mm-hmm. But if he's ready and able, 
man, I still have such high hopes for him. Well, but we've should seen I? him healthy. Should I? Yeah, when he's been healthy, he's he's raked. But like I said, he's been healthy for what twenty five games in his career. I maybe you you maybe we've made the point that the most important person in this whole organization is the new coach, the new uh, the new trainer, the new trainer. His from name Oakland. escapes me, but Starts yeah, with a P, sir. Um, but he's not Prudhomme. No, yeah, yeah, right. It uh, could be Mama Prudhomme after yes. after this week. She yes. Do that. But the um, she's got some medical knowledge. Yes, she does. The uh, but the the guy has this fantastic reputation in Oakland at keeping guys healthy. Well, if he can bring that to the Twins, I mean, last year if the Twins stay healthy, they're they're not finishing third, right? They, right. They win the division. If he can do that this year and keep some of these guys healthy and and make Buxton an MVP and not an MVH, um, I think that I think the Twins have a real shot. But it is health, right? Right. The other intrigue for me is Jose Miranda. Not just because yeah. I love him, but I need to find out if he's Marty Cordova in the infield where it's one, two years of really good and where did he go? Or is he really that good? Because towards the latter portion of the season, obviously the Twins as a group hit a wall. But for a long time, he still looked the part. Yeah. Now, sophomore slump is a thing. Will he have it or not? We don't know. But is this going to be the projection towards, you know, I don't want to say an MVP caliber player, but a top tier on the roster type player? Or remember that one good year he had. Yeah, it scared you because the the sentence under so the athletic did kind of a breakdown of all the different players, and it said Miranda to start at third despite sore shoulder. Right, and you read that and you're like, this is such a Minnesota Twins thing. To it do. is, yeah. You know, he's not going to be able to lift his arm over his head again. Come May every team can say if healthy we can do this, but you know when people type in all caps, it's why are you yelling at me? Yep. But I feel like for the Twins, it's if healthy needs to be. Bold print, all caps, million exclamation points because everybody was hurt a year ago. It's interesting, Brian. I hadn't thought of it that way. If you're if you're listing down the things that need to happen for the twins, you know, it's logical to go players or yeah. starting staff. Actually, number one with a bullet is health. Right. But again, the reason I don't like when some journalists do that is because find me a team that that's not the case. Yeah, but this year, last year for the Twins... Was a nightmare. Yeah, especially the second half. The yep. second half was was a disaster. But I, th- I mean, if you think about Gallo, Gallo doesn't have to make a ton of changes to be effective for the Twins. And so if they can get him to not open up so fast and flail, if he can just make a little contact, he doesn't have to make... 100% more contact, but if he can make 5% more contact that lands in green, well, he's a legitimate player with the way they judge players today, right? And so that's huge. Uh, you know, if Farmer can play every position, that's huge. If what we saw from Gordon last year is in a mirage, you know, all of a sudden he makes a big difference. And the expectation of Correa to kind of settle this whole thing down as a twin for the rest of his right, probably the rest we of his We believe, yeah, career, it should be. Um, uh, his chance of his chance of settling this whole thing down and helping them become more professional, and frankly, Miranda's going to be the guy who probably gets the most benefit from that. Now, all of a sudden, some things happen. All right. So, most intriguing pitcher. Now, I think the Bailey Ober factor takes starters off my mind because if I say I'm intrigued by someone, it could be Maeda because you know is he back to the guy mm-hmm. who finished second in a Cy Young vote during the COVID shortened season? But we already said, well, if he or anybody else falters. You've got pitcher number six ready to elevate. Yep. So my guy, spoiler alert, is going to be out of the bullpen, but which pitcher are you most intrigued by? Well, the Lopez kid that we got last year. There's mine. Go but, ahead. But so I'm going to go a different way because I knew that was yours. How do um, you know? Just a look on my face or what? No, no. But, I mean, you and I sort of process the we same talk. way. Yeah. Um, I think it's Pagan. And the reason I say it's Pagan is that if he is 50% better than he was last year, again, 
they're in the playoffs. Yeah. So we don't need him to be. He a said different... it himself. If you take the Cleveland games out of my season, I was just fine. We'll go ahead and be just fine. We'll see. That's the point. He doesn't have to be a closer or an all-star. He right. just needs to not be the guy he was last year. And and it's those the Vikings talk about winning on the edges. Well, that's one of those win on the edges thing. Just make Pagan a middle of the road reliever all the time rather than really good and then horrible. Right. Uh, I think that I think that he's one of the most intriguing players. And the crazy part is, I know you said you'd go a different direction because you knew I was going to Jorge Lopez, who the Twins acquired at the deadline, and I was so excited they got him. In fact, I could have probably brought up Lopez during segment one today. You know, what fooled you? Because I thought they were getting an absolute stud that kind of flailed along the way with the Twins after the deadline. But it is Lopez for me, and he and Pagan are not all that different. Granted, when Pagan blew up, it was much louder, per se. But Lopez had some issues and blew some leads as well. So I'm intrigued by which version of him are we going to get. Are we going to get what you love to say, the previous starter who couldn't figure it out and became a reliever and was dominant in Baltimore and was shaky here? Are you going to get shaky or are you going to get dominant again? Now, outing number one was very good. And the other thing about Lopez is what inning are you using him for? Because are you going to always close with Duran like they did in the opener? Or are you going to throw Duran against the best part of the lineup that's due up late? The Twins have good relievers. If Pagan is one of them, even better because Thielbar, again, I don't feel like I should shout this to the universe, but he's become good. Jax is good. Lopez can be. Alcala, we've seen. Duran is good. Jorge Alcala, if he can come back from injury well. That bullpen is stacked. But who gets what inning? The uh, the thing about Lopez that really concerns me, and it's the same thing we talk about with Cat, and that's that emotional uh, uh, maturity. Because we saw it last year when Lopez failed, man, he was out there on the I was say his body mound, language failed, yeah, throwing stuff, yep. and it's like, dude, you forget he's a veteran because he didn't act like it, right? You're you're in the majors, buddy. That's not how this works. Uh, but that type of attitude's infectious, and this is where Correa becomes so important. Because he's supposed to be the pro on the field, right? And I don't know if you noticed this, but in the ninth inning of the opening win, Duran issued a one-out walk, and it was a two-run game. And being the Minnesota, in the air quotes, sports yep. fan that Here I am, we go. I said, ah, oh, bleep, when they got a runner on first. I go, I know how this goes. We get a runner on, we get a home run, we're tied. Or they get another runner on, then we get a home run, and I'm ticked off for the rest of the day. Well, Correa came to the mound, and no clue what he said, but Dick Bramer brought it up and said, Correa's coming to the mound to try to settle things down, and the next two outs were pretty routine. And, you know, I don't know if all of that credit goes to Correa, but at least from a bird's eye view, that's leadership. Right. And and we make a big deal about it because it's one out of one, right? But I think throughout the year, we're going to see that Correa's a, a really good shortstop. He's going to have a really good bat, but his biggest difference is going to be pulling those kids together. That, I mean, and I, and I say kids are all different ages, but they've never really succeeded. And now they've got a guy who's going to be here for the long term who has. Right. It is an exciting group. It is an exciting roster. Of course, if they finish, you know, 75 and whatever it would be, I think it's uh, 75 and 87 is what it would be. He'll probably call this show up and go, you guys are excited about that garbage. How important is Vasquez in this whole thing? I think he could be very important. I think he did a great job catching the group that threw in the opener. It depends, though, because his bat is supposed to be what makes him better because I don't think Ryan Jeffers is a bad defensive catcher game caller either. Of course, with the pitch com these days, what is a game caller anymore? I think defensively, they're probably both pretty good. If Vasquez can hit a little, which he's advertised to be able to do, he'll get more of the time. He's kind of the anti-Gary Sanchez, right? He does all the catcher stuff good, and he hits a little bit. And Sanchez is supposed to be this dominant hitter who catches a little bit. 
Let's hope Vasquez is the opposite of Sanchez. Again, it's an exciting time. Here's all you need to know about my Twins fan. The Uni Bulldog women's basketball team plays for a national title at 2.30 today. The Twins' first pitch, I believe, is at 3.10. I'm sure I'll be somewhere where both are on TV screens. Go dogs, but my eyes will be drifting. <laughs> There's only 161 left. That's my passion for baseball right yeah, there. Yeah, right. Stick around. We'll be right back. We're going to talk about games we didn't care about or so we thought. The Twins are a completely different story. We are the Northland Sports Page. We're back to tell our final chapter of this story. When we come back, stick Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The outstanding voice of Aretha Franklin, Little Chain of Fools. Thankfully, our chain of fools only has two links. Brian Prudhomme, Dave <laughs> Cook. I want to call myself a fool for something I said during the last segment. I mentioned the makeshift version of the shift that the Royals used against Joey Gallo. I thought he had a single to right. I stand corrected. They did give the right fielder an error on that despite being about a five-hopper through the infield onto the outfield grass. Yeah, they struggle with the ground ball right up the middle. Well, they couldn't believe that a guy hitting 199 got a hit, so they gave him an error instead. (laughs) So I wanted to correct that. Otherwise, there's no correcting our sponsors. They are some of the best. Dave Cook, pay homage again. Absolutely. Famous Dave's, the Incline Station, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, Kohler Hyundai and Kohler Toyota, the Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Blackwoods Group, who's celebrating... The return of Wednesday happy hour, midweek martinis... Again, the uh, fondue for two is going to be half price, and also the $2 martinis. I'll tell you what, I basically did that on Saturday, but it sounds like Wednesday from open to close, that's the day to start doing it. Well, and it sounds like something, if you've had a if you've had a celebration downtown, your business has done something great, it's a great way to celebrate. And hopefully all of downtown and all of Duluth is celebrating a Bulldog national title today. True. Watch parties at Hoops and Tavern on the Hill as well. Avenue 45, Justin May at Messina Associates. You can catch him at the home show today. Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Sammy's Pizza, OAR Holdings, Arola Architecture Studio, and Hoops Brewing. We talked to Dave here a little bit ago. We did. So many people to thank for a fun day today. Alicia Tipke, Justin May, Dave Hoops, and of course my partner Dave Cook. We're going to close kind of the way we opened. We talked a lot about what a game between Iowa and South Carolina at the Women's Basketball Final Four last night. And the first thing I said to you when I got in your car, I said, you know, I know I have connections to this because Claudia is a good friend of mine. Claudia Shikamian and She's big into South Carolina. She's an alum, I believe. And Chelsea Brown, who we have a great friendship with, who's done this show several times. She's covering Iowa and lives Iowa sports. So I knew people who cared about the outcome in a big way. I did not. And I just sat back and got entertained by a heck of a game. Yeah. And I forgot how fun that is. It, it, it is. That's one of the reasons you get into, into sports to start with, right? Just because you want to be in the atmosphere. I've told you a hundred times, I need to go to two places, Winnipeg in a playoff, hockey game and Tennessee to watch a college football game. It has nothing to do with either team. It has everything to do with the atmosphere. Right. So we're going to spend about the last four minutes today, just kind of shooting from the hip spitballing as PA would say games that we didn't have an iron in the fire, dog in the fight, insert cliche here, but man, we enjoyed watching them. You know, the first one that came to mind for me was the 88 world series. No, the, well, it's actually, the Gibson home run. Actually I thought on here, um, but the, um, 
the fog bowl. Do you remember the fog bowl yeah. between the Giants? My memory and, of and it the, is a bit foggy, but I think I, think I have it, it. It was at the Bears Philly, right? Nothing really. I think it was at the Bears and Philly. No, because I've struggled with brain fog my whole life. I can't make fun of it. <laughs> um, the uh, you're telling me I should stop doing that to you? <laughs> <laughs> that's the game that nobody could see the football except for the receivers from Randall Cunningham, because Cunningham was still with Philadelphia, and I think he threw for over 400 yards in a game where the TV cameras couldn't even find the football. Right. I'm going to go with football, too, to start with, because do you remember how the overtime rules finally changed and how good the Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes duel was? Yeah. Not this past season, but the one prior. Yeah. I was so enthralled in that game, and and yes, I have friends who are big Bills fans. Yes, I have friends who are big Chiefs fans. And that plays a role, too. You want somebody to win for the sake of so-and-so. But personally, when it means nothing to you, that was one of the best games I've ever seen. Well, the Rams and Titans was like the Super Bowl. The one-yard Super, Super Bowl, Bowl, yes. was like that, too. This year's Super Bowl for me. Now, there was a financial investment, literally. But <laughs> I didn't care who won, and it was a heck of an entertaining game. And maybe that's very Minnesotan of me. There are tons of Super Bowls we could choose from because we never have to care when that game comes around. So I'll tell you an interesting one, I think. You know that I listen to basketball at night because the constant, the, the constant uh, of the game, the squeaks, the shot, nobody really freaks out a ton. Right. So it's really good for me to fall asleep to. Well, I, I know that because I shouldn't listen to hockey because hockey has those huge spikes, yep. right? Yep. So I've fallen in love with the sport a little bit more, and one team in particular, and that's the Oilers. Because of a game last year with the, with Calgary when it when it was just goal after goal after goal, overtime, chance after chance after chance, and it was like I couldn't fall asleep because I listened to it until midnight as, as the game ended, and it was like, okay, I'm listening to every Orioles game to catch this. Right. I'm glad you brought up hockey because I think that has some merit too because we've covered Hermantown at the state tournament. We've covered Duluth East at the state tournament. But how many of the other tournament games have we caught? And it's different when kids are involved because the passion is so high, not just from the players, coaches, but the whole community. But I remember you were about to go back this year. You were about to go back to your hotel room, and I called you down and I said, Orno and Warroad are about to go to overtime. You might want to come back to the restaurant with me. And you about faced, and we were glad we did. I didn't care if Warroad or Orno won, but man, I was all in. Yeah, no, that was a fun game up and down and up and down. And same with the Minnetonka. Well, who did Minnetonka play in that game that we watched earlier that night where it was back and forth and back and forth, and the one kid from Minnetonka finally said, this game is done. Of course, you and I were watching pilots and stewardesses because it seemed like people that came in didn't leave with the same people because we were at the hotel right by the airport. Yeah, that was a different kind of game. There was but some scoring going was, on somewhere. That was so weird to watch because it was just so blatantly obvious, but... Yes, the tournament was really good. It was really good. This show was really good, too. That'll be our Twitter ask today. What was your favorite game that you weren't necessarily cheering for anybody? Last week, we asked about the best day in sports. Just as Dave Cook and I feared, Sunday at the Masters was brought up too often. We'll talk about that next week because we have to. But today is all about the dogs. Go Bulldogs in the Women's Basketball Championship. And also Dave Cook. Esfold makes his debut with his new team today. Yes. We are the Northland Sports Page. We'll see you next week. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook. Go dogs. Have a good weekend. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its opera ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com.